This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to episode 40 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Eddie. I'm Pat. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Welcome, paranormal travelers. Yay! Here we are, another episode 40. It's kind of a milestone for us in, in a way. The big 4-0. Over the hill. Yeah. 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 So uh, here we are once again. It's late. You, did you guys have a good... <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> it's is getting late, late it man. Is. It is late. You guys have a good Halloween? Yes, as always. Yeah, it was I great, don't... man. Still, still getting off the sugar high <laughs> and... You know, got it. But I got to eat the candy before it goes stale, right? That's right. You got to so. get it out of the way for make room for Christmas. Right? Make room for right. your Thanksgiving pants. <laughs> That's right. Out with the Kit Kats and in with the turkey. Yeah, October on for us is a big thing because we have like three birthdays that month too, and then it's just holidays. Just holiday, just punches, just all day long. So we're yeah. exiting into the getting into the fall ish proper, and it just doesn't slow down. You know, no, it doesn't. Um, Can't we, stop. Won't stop. Got, Dads. We've got snow coming, coming coming in the air. It will be here soon. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth, Pat. Did you guys see there's already like three feet of snow in Montana as oh, of yeah. a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like, Golly. Jack Frost is just cracking his knuckles again. He's like, ooh. <laughs> try it. Yeah. Oh, you got it. First try. <laughs> But it's good to be together once again. We've got another good lineup for you tonight, and uh, or this morning, or whatever it is, whenever you choose to listen. Yeah. So uh, why don't we get things started with recent sightings? Ooh, here we go. So I want to give a shout out right now to one of our special listeners, all the way from Australia. Our friend Nick Anderson sent us a a, a message. Uh, I believe it was on Facebook. Um, it's it's a little while back, but uh, we we do appreciate you reaching out to us, Nick. And Nick wrote to us. He said, "I've recently found your podcast and have just binged all of binged it all over the past week or so. It's oh, been wow. fun. I saw this posted in one of my groups and thought you guys might be interested for a recent sighting segment if you don't already know about it already. Anywho." Just thought I'd pass it along. I like that. Anywho. Anywho. That's awesome. So, awesome, so he, he passed oh, us. Holy moly. Thanks, Mr. Nick Anderson. On the other side of the world. So it's fall here, so it's kind of like spring weather. Yeah, it's probably it's get, like, yeah, getting into yeah, summertime. I don't think it even On the horizon there, for them. Yeah, probably depend on the They're altitude. Pacific they, Rim, aren't they? I don't think they even get snow. I, I think in some places it might. but I'm Let not, us know, Nick. I'm, you'll have to let us know, Nick. Hey, and if you, if you <laughs> want a freshly uh, packed, uh, you know, uh, Cooler full of snow. It come come uh, December January, we could send some out to you. We'll yeah. ship it. We'll ship it free of charge. It only costs us eight hundred dollars to ship to Australia. <laughs> Slap some but... dry ice on it and send it to the land down under. Here you go, buddy. Ill advised shipment ever made. As long as it's not yellow. <laughs> this snow. Ooh. 
Get, <laughs> it's not lemonade, Eddie. Nick gets it, and it's like, oh, why is the paranormal dad sending me water? It's a cooler <laughs> full of water for you, <laughs> Nick. All right, so this is from thecouriermail.com. So I, I believe this is like a, a newspaper, uh, Australian newspaper. And the title is, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, but Curum, Cur, Curumbin family on Gold Coast claims to have been stalked by a Yowie. And so Curumbin is a is a place on the Gold Coast. Um, it's a story by Kristen Payne of the Gold Coast Bulletin. It's dated July nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. So it's fairly fairly recent sighting. Um, and the gist of it is a family living is living in terror after being stalked by what they claim is a hinterland Yowie. So what are Yowies? Yowies are the equivalent of an American Bigfoot or mm. or a Yeti. It's the Australian equivalent of Bigfoot, basically. And that's what I say when I stub my toe. <laughs> oh, Yowie, oh, <laughs> you comic genius! But but they're said to be hairy, ape-like creatures standing between two meters to three and a half meters, <laughs> which, which, is, which is just <laughs> hysterical because. Because I'm I'm trying to do the math on this, right? So that's right. like six. What'd you say? What'd you say in meters again? Two two to three and a half meters. So you're basically two to three and a half yards. So, like so you're six, like six foot to ten foot, basically. The way I figured it, it was like six six to eleven feet. Yeah. Which eleven foot's a big, that's, big that, animal. That's tall. That's a Papa Squatch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As we'd call it here, Papa so, Yowie. So uh, actually, from now on, you guys refer to me as Papa Yowie. Papa Yowie. Just Papa Yowie. That request that, out there. That's your new call sign. <laughs> And um, so they're they're commonly found um, in the rainforests of eastern Australia. Uh, they they have seen them all over Australia, but but probably the, the predominantly uh, most sightings are on the eastern eastern side of Australia, especially in the Gold Coast hinterland uh, region. And hinterland, I've. I, that that that's a new term for me. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with it, but I think it's mainly the outlying areas just past the coast, yeah. or or not in a a proper city. You know, yeah. maybe the outlying regions, almost like a suburb kind of. Really? Uh, I even okay. saw I saw some places say, like Kansas City, the cities around Kansas City are the hinterland oh. areas of Kansas City. There so, you go. Sounds magical. Surrounding <laughs> communities. I like hinterland better than suburbs. But we're always trying to teach you here on Paranormal Dads. So, get your learn on. Yeah, get your geography lessons. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so the most ho- the most high profile witness was a former Australian senator. His name was Bill O'Chee, who, uh, as a go- Gold Coast schoolboy, was. With a bunch of students camping near Springbrook when they saw what they described as a three-meter-tall, that's almost 10-feet, hair-covered creature. Uh, He said the animal approached their camp several times during the encounter in November of 1977. Um, And he's always stuck to the story uh, ever since, saying his memory of that day still remains vivid. Yeah. It will. So yeah. I'm just saying you're not going to forget that one. <laughs> no, I heard a ghost. So 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 getting back to this this uh, Kurumbin, I I know I'm butchering that, but Kurumbin family uh, or Kurumbin Valley family, uh, they now say they are considering moving from the area uh, because of their nightly visitor. 
It's regularly prowled their house since uh, November of last year. Um, the first sighting occurred when the mother was sitting on her back deck about 9.30 p.m. on a Sunday and heard a loud noise in the bush. Um, it was, she said it was clear, loud footsteps, and um, she moved to the railing to get a closer look, and there she saw it. As it was walking, she said it bumped something on the deck, and the noise, or she bumped something on the deck, and the noise stopped, stopped it dead in its tracks. It twisted from the waist and looked in our direction and snorted loudly and quickly, and um, she just said it was huge. Uh, she said at that point she and her dog ran into the house and she turned off uh, all the lights. Oh, that's iffy. I <laughs> yeah. turned them all on. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I would want more light. Loaded the um, she said gun. <laughs> she just stood there staring out in pure terror, shaking and afraid. And she said this massive thing just got so close to the house. Oh, wow. Um, and the dog ran in, too. Yeah, the like dog if, ran if, in, too. If the dog's not barking, if the dog's afraid, like, I'm afraid, too. Yeah. You know? Well, I thought it was interesting. She said it was walking, and it stopped, and it turned from the waist. You know, yeah. Almost like Patty from the famous uh, Patterson-Gimlin film. Yeah. She yeah. kind of yeah, turned at the waist. waist. Turn. Yeah, not a neck turn. You know, no. That's a very common thing among Bigfoot stories. Well, and they say that, you know, if this is a, a bipedal primate, uh, just because of the bone structure of the neck and the shoulders and the back, how it's all fused together, they can't turn their heads very easily like humans can. Mm -hmm. So also, therefore, it's a swivel at the hips, uh, more so than a head turn, you know. Also known as the Michael Keaton Batman turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Couldn't move his neck in that costume. Um, so other members of the family, including her husband and two children, also have claimed to have seen the animal. Uh, incidents included seeing two bright yellow eyes peering in from the dark, strange sounds and rocks being thrown from the bush. Um, she said her daughter came home freaked out one evening as she was certain she saw it in the gully near their house. She, she even called from her car uh, and told mom to open the front door and turn on the lights. You see, she she knows yeah. what she's doing. Yeah, don't, turn turn them off. Those, don't turn them off. Turn them off. Come on. Scare that thing away. <laughs> open the front door, turn on the lights before she got out of her locked car so she could run inside. Um, the encounters continued until Thursday, July 11th, when the woman said a metal dog bowl was flung at the house. Uh. <laughs> He's um, like, buy better food. Ba dong dong dong. <laughs> she says, we're pretty vigilant knowing what's out there. Lock up early, turn on the floodlight at night, and uh, and the front light most on most nights, and stay out of the stay out and away from the bush at all times. So mm -hmm. the, the youngest child was not allowed outside by himself. He was about ten years old, and. Um, they said they just don't want him being any more petrified than he needs to be. I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Bigfoot or Yowie lives in my backyard. I yeah. would move too. I'd burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if they catch him, a kid could bring him for a show and tell. We've know. seen Harry and the Hendersons. We know how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have today, Billy? Oh, I have a Yowie. Did you Eight. hurt yourself? Are you hurt somewhere? <laughs> Eight and a half foot tall Yowie. I just love the final quote in the story from the woman. Who says we're moving out soon? We're moving out soon. <laughs> but there's a local cryptozoologist and Yowie hunter, a man by the name of Dean Harrison. Um, he said the area is well known for regular sightings. 
he says Yowie stalkings typically involve a single mother living with young children. Oh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe. It's like bears. Maybe he just wants to be a father figure for yeah. the children. <laughs> yeah. He sees a vacant spot. <laughs> He's like, hey, yeah, wants well, to be a breadwinner. I'll do this. Wants to contribute to the household. Re- reaching out for the community. Yeah. You know. Doing his part. That's going to be a Giving bad, back. It's going to be a bad B movie on sci-fi. Sasquatch. Sasquatch is my stepdad. Exactly. <laughs> Yowie was my stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> if, you a, if you had caught a Yowie, what would you name it? Oh, oh man, what would I name him? Hmm. I'd go with Howie. Howie the Yowie. <laughs> Howie the Yowie. Howie. I'd probably go with the classic Glenn. Glenn. I think Glenn. Glenn, Glenn the Yowie. If he looks like a Glenn. Howie Yowie. That's funny. The only thing that's sticking in my head is Eddie the Yowie. Eddie, oh, Eddie Yowie. I can get behind that. Yowie that beard Eddie? gets any longer, Eddie. It might be a... Yeah. <laughs> I get caught. <laughs> you were throwing dog bowls. That's what I do. It's my thing. I'm sorry. But it's interesting, you know, going going to the single mother living with young children thing, their hypothesis is the Yowie feels less threatened and has an interest in the mother and children, but this situation is a little different, he said. Due to its actions... He would estimate that it either has an issue with the occupants or is one of those quote unquote bad ones that we are some, <laughs> that we sometimes hear about. Those, oh no, that's those, funny. Those Yowie rebel without a cause, you know. <laughs> He's got a Yowie headband. He's a bad on. one. Stay away from him. That Yowie. He dropped out of public school his junior year. Smoking Yowie cigarettes. <laughs> but Mr. Harrison also said he was hoping to set up night vision cameras near this house. Smart move. So Wow. That's some next level stuff. <clears throat> so but, from a biological standpoint, it's kind of surprising. I mean, you've heard of Yowie, you've heard of Yaren, is what they call them in parts of Asia. Right. You know, skunk ape, Bigfoot, um, Sasquatch here in the States. Um, but I'm thinking Australia, you think a big, huge, hairy primate. And I'm thinking that thing must be hot. I mean, Gotta it's, be. it's oh, blazing yeah. in Australia. Yeah. So, I mean, would a would a... You know, would a Bigfoot or a Yowie have less hair in a, in a warmer region, you know, in terms of not overheating? Would they have more hair in colder regions? You know, it just makes you think from yeah, a you'd think scientific a coat, standpoint. Coat just by, you know, wherever they're living, especially like uh, Yetis up in the Himalayas, you would think their coat would be a lot thicker to yeah. be able to allow them to withstand those temperatures. Yeah. yeah, almost like a polar bear, or, you know, some of those otters or, you know, that have uh, water-resilient uh, fur or a pelt, if you will. And then also, would a would a Yowie, you know, would a Bigfoot in Australia, due to the heat, have lighter colored hair, you know, because darker fur would attract, it would it would trap more heat. So right. if it's blonde or if it's, it's light brown. It's like that sun a little more. Yeah, it's going to stay cooler. Yeah. Probably so. thinner hair, too, I'd imagine. Yeah. I, I wonder, too, about, like, the animals that live in the Arctic or Arctic conditions where they have kind of a layer of fat as well. Yeah. What, whether, like, uh, sat, um, whether... um, um yeah, we, died. Abominable snowman would oh, have like yeah. a layer of fat where a yaoi might not have that much fat, just yeah. more just raw muscle, bro. Yeah. Just, just ripped. <laughs> just ripped. <laughs> just muscles and maybe like lighter, like you were saying, sparser fur. Yeah. All the better to throw the dog. Dog bowls at people. It's, it's the Yowie games. They have like a whole thing. Like, all right, here we're gonna do. You got stomp on bushes. You got to slap the house, and you got to throw a bowl. So throw the bowl. <laughs> There's like Yowie judges with like glasses on. They hold up signs like you got a seven on the it's bowl. Like the bro. Scottish Highland games. Exactly. It's the Yowie games. The Yowie games. <laughs> Throwing trees end over end. Exactly. Throwing boulders for for distance. Scare and the family. <laughs> Throwing boulders for distance. <laughs> you call yourself a Yowie. <laughs> 
clean. I'll show you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick, very much for the submission, and thanks for, especially uh, to listen, for listening to the podcast. We appreciate hearing from our listeners. So if you have a story that you'd like to share with us, uh, be sure to drop it in sometime, uh, one of our social media outlets, and uh, maybe you too will uh, uh, get a segment here on Paranormal Dads. Awesome. It's time for Pop, Culture, and the Paranormal. All right, I'm up for pop culture and paranormal. And this is the fusion of two things that I love, other than Pat and Chocolate and peanut butter? Which is, which is <laughs> you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> you got chocolate in my peanut butter. Those guys made me mad. <laughs> they triggered me. It's like, just be friends. Just hug, get it over with. Um, it combines Disney with one of my favorite comic book franchises, Guardians of the Galaxy combined. Okay. <laughs> so, what's more pop culture than Disney? And what's more paranormal than aliens fighting other aliens for the supremacy of the space and the skies and keeping us safe on the planet Earth? Um, some of you listening might be familiar, and some of you here at this table might be familiar with the Disney ride, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Do you yes. know the, of this yes. ride? I did not ride it while I've I was there. I've never ridden it. It's fun. I wanted to, but um, the line was too long. Yeah, it's. <laughs> excuse me. There's no epic excuse. <laughs> no, that was it. That was it. <laughs> line was too long. I thought it was going to be like, but I was dropped in an elevator as a child, and I'm not going in again. No, actually, uh, we were in line. We were getting very close. Oh, nice. And um, oh, that was that was. I'm sorry. That was the that was yeah. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> no, that was the Aerosmith uh, rock oh, and roller yeah, coaster. Yeah, that's fun. But dude. Kai and I stood in this line for a long time because she wanted to go on it. We got right up to the front. Had to go the, to the ride, bathroom. The ride went down. Yeah, it's broken. Oh, yeah. So we got a free ticket to go on the Star Wars ride Ooh. at the time. So we went went over. Did that stand? It was yeah. fun. Um, so there is a ride there called the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Andy, did you ride it? I did not. Okay. No. Well, the premise is you get into this elevator. I don't want to distill it too much for people, but you get into this elevator, and it has a great story about this tower. It was this fancy hotel, and the Hollywood elite would stay here and all this stuff. And then there were people in the elevator, and they got to the very top, and the, at that very moment, uh, the, the hotel was hit by lightning, and these people were disappeared, and no one knew where they went, and their ghosts roamed the halls and all this stuff. And then you're in the elevator, and this weird stuff happens, and you get to the top and the doors open and you can see the entire theme park you can you can see georgia and you're uh -huh. like oh snap and then they just drop <laughs> it and you just ah free fall so it really free falls for a little while yeah yeah and then oh, it catches you god i'm so glad i didn't do that yeah. so if you've ever gone to the pizza machine you know okay. pizza place they got that frogger thing where they put the kids on you probably put about six kids on this ride and it raises up and it drops them down raises up drops gotcha. them down this is like the frogger ride on steroids yes it's, it's huge yeah where you're going up stories instead yeah. of just feet yeah i have a quick fun story that i'll share about this experience they just opened the ride it was like 1994 ish something like that and i was a a thin, a, a svelte 117 pounds of high school uh, junior Eddie, and I go to Disney to experience the grand opening of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I'm excited, and I sit in the ride, and at the time, it didn't have a lap belt. All it had was the bar. Oh, my down. gosh. The bar comes down, and, you know, we're all made of different sh shapes and sizes, and Paranormal Dads loves you all. But the point is, I'm 117 pounds, 
and the guy sitting next to me was like 317 pounds, <laughs> and the bar comes in and sinks into his oh dad's tummy, and it stops about you know a certain amount of weight into his dad tummy, and I'm like, whoa, I have like an eight or nine inch gap. Uh-huh. You could fit two of you in there. I could yeah. almost stack another Eddie in so, front of so me. So you're not secured. No, I'm not secured. No. And I'm like, this might be problematic. Yeah. The ride goes and does its thing. <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm 17. I'm kind of in it like, woo, whatever, I'll live forever. And then I get to the top. The door's open. I'm like, there's my house. And then it just drops. <laughs> and I come, and out comes your lunch. I come oh. up and over the bar. My, oh hips, my, my hips are over the bar. Oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah. And so I quick hook my arm around it and then grab it with the other hand like vice. And I just start screaming. Just, ah! <laughs> flying. I'm like sideways coming out of this thing. And the guy's next to me, wee. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Oh I'm going to haunt this ride for real. And I wish I had bought the picture. I didn't have the money. I didn't have any cash, no check You'd cards. be floating in midair like an you astronaut. You could see me on the ride, and I have like one leg up. And I'm your, just like, your feet are above your exactly, head. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even the people were like, whoa, that looks kind of like. This death grip around the bar. Exactly. Boy, that kid really enjoyed it. That kid's strong. <laughs> Why is he bleeding? Uh. From his eyes. So it was insane, and it's a very fun ride. They do have lap belts now, so you'll be safe. You can, you can because of you, up. thanks to you. Maybe yeah, those lap good. belts are sponsored by Eddie. They're yeah. the Eddie belts. I saw it go in, and I'm like, "That what? That's as far as it goes." <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> anyway, so so that's the premise of this setup here. So so what did Disney do? They're like, you know what? We're gonna take cool thing like space aliens and combat and fun times and pop music, and we're gonna because uh, that's the thing with Guardians. I'll take like cool '80s and '70s music and kind of fuse it with the experience. Right. With this ride of potentially shooting you up really high and dropping you down really fast. And so the premise behind this, if you're familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy, is that the Guardians are captured by a character called the Collector, and what he does is he basically collects things. He collects everything from um, psychic Andes to paranormal pats to glow sticks! Anyway, he collects different artifacts and aliens and creatures from around the galaxy and features them in kind of a menagerie. He likes to kind of show off. Look at my exotic creations. Right. He captures the guardians of the galaxy and your job in this ride is to help free them. So that's what you're after to do. You're going to break open them and get them out. It's called, it's called Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And you go on this ride. Now, I've had to live through this ride vicariously through friends. I've not ridden it yet. I look forward to riding on it soon. It's only in Disneyland, though. You, that's it. It's in California. So the premise is you're following Rocket who's a raccoon, around this facility, freeing the different Guardians. And then at the very top, you not only free the Guardians, but you also free all these other weird aliens. And, and they're just running amok and causing damage. The whole time they're playing uh, hit songs such as, let's get into some of these cool songs here, uh, I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 when they get free. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun. <laughs> they're running around. Hit Me With Your Best Shot as you're smashing open their cases. Uh, Get Up the Funk by Parliament in 1975, Pat's graduation song. (laughs) (laughs) Free Ride by Edgar Winter Group. And uh, Burning Love by Elvis Presley. Some fun songs. Uh, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. So this is the soundtrack playing as you're like just going crazy chaotic around this thing. And then it ends in a classic apex where you get to the top and you're just dropped several times. And there's different like iterations of this. 
uh, like different like patterns that they'll do to kind of keep you guessing so you're not memorizing the ride. And then also there's a Halloween version that they kind of make during Halloween where it's kind of like a haunted uh, awesome. experience at the same yeah. time. So you have aliens and ghosts. Get out. What do you want? But, <laughs> but uh, if you're a fan of, of comic books and comedy and paranormal, uh, the uh, mission breakout with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy at Disneyland is a pretty exciting ride. And I'd heard they rebranded that one for Guardians. Yeah. And uh, – um, I, I still would like to do that ride at some point. We should go. You know, I did they do that in Florida as well? No, or it's just, just in, Cal- in California, just in California. Disneyland. It's I the only place you can ride uh, the Mission Breakout is in California. I, Which you know, for us, it's probably actually cheaper to go to California than it would be to go to the East Coast. Well, there's a very good chance I may go back down to Florida. At some point, my son's going to be going there oh. probably within the next three years with marching band. Well, there you go. Uh, so maybe I'll have to. Make an excuse to get I back think, down there. I think we need at to least go to the Twilight the, Zone, the, the 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 original version of it, or Twilight Zone Tower of oh, Terror. Yeah, Twilight That's where Zone. It's at. Okay. Yep. Man, when I was in uh, Disney World just a couple weeks ago for the first time, uh, I went on just I think it's called Haunted Mansion. Yes, oh. dude, it blew. You've never mind. been. I've never I been. Realized. It was it was a first everything. That's for part me. of my whole yeah. childhood. You've never seen this. No, thing. and it was Haunted the first. Mansion is awesome. It, it is the first attraction. It's the first ride I went on when we got there, and it was really? it was just oh. the right level of scary. Yep. you know, because yeah. I had my five year old daughter with me and everything, and it was just, and it was like holographic ghosts. Everything mm-hmm. looked three D. I would, dude, I could not get that smile off my face. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, because, you know, like we talked about last episode in the Halloween special, I'm not huge on haunted haunt. I don't want a clown with a chainsaw coming to cut off right. my face. Right. <laughs> but like that Disney World haunted mansion was insanely amazing in every way. And then for me, the scariest part, talking about rides. Yeah. Space Mountain. I love Space Mountain. Space Mountain. That's yeah. it. it, it I, I've gone on it twice, and the second time I went on it, I had forgotten how scary that ride is. It's kind of a rickety roller coaster. So it's a little rough. So I like space. I'm a space nerd. I watch alien shows. I watch UFO shows. I watch you know just universe type stuff. And so you know, I hear Space Mountain, and I'm not I'm not a really big roller coaster guy, but I'm like. Maybe I should try this. So I, I get on yeah. my phone and I Google it. And I was like, how scary is this ride? Oh, Google says, ah, you know, as far as roller coasters go, it's pretty tame compared to the mega coasters of today. Sure. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can do this. Now, I'm a guy who I've been in physical therapy for the past year for <laughs> neck problems. <laughs> and I've done acupuncture and massage therapy and chiropractic adjustments. And I'm just, my neck is on fire on this trip yeah. at Disney World. Just all the travel planes. Sure, rides. yeah. A lot of- I'm like... I got to try this. If it's tame, I bet I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> so I get on this ride. No one tells you it's a roller coaster in the dark. In the yeah. dark. In the dark. In the yeah. dark. And so when it's whipping you left and right, I can't even brace myself because I don't know which way we're about to be whipped. So I'm a bobblehead on this thing at this point, dude. <laughs> I'm just like left, right. Le- I'm just like my neck's almost snapped off. <laughs> and I'm, I'm screaming four-letter words I can't repeat. My daughter's right behind me in her car. And I'm just like, please end it. I was like, this is my version of hell this is it's quite literally hell you can hear so, your neck making like broken cracker sound just <laughs> well and it, yeah it was it was god awful yeah oh, I, i'd forgotten how rough it was it, I, it really was a rough one yeah it's one it's 90 rides. degree turns you know on a on a pin haired but no it and then you fun. go go to hollywood studios on rock and roller coaster like i said 
That's one of the smoothest roller coasters. Oh, it is so awesome. Yeah. It's fast, but it's smooth. Yeah. You know, and it's like that, butter. that's probably my favorite roller coaster of all time. It's like 168th Street up there. It's just new. It's fresh. Yeah. It's like yeah. driving <laughs> on glass kind of smooth. deal. <laughs> I picture smooth like ride. if you ever saw Neverending Story, if anyone here has seen oh, Neverending Riding Story. Falcor? It's Riding Falcor. The dragon? Yeah. You get it and you're like, I hope this is fun. <laughs> but it's smooth. And then it's over with like and that. And you're just over. like. Say, <laughs> so if you want the bumpiest roller coaster ride of your life, get in your car and drive down Maple Street come February with all those potholes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll jar your neck. Yeah, <laughs> get, get a massage that way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, there's a lot of cool paranormal uh, themed rides at some of these theme parks. And if you're planning a family trip, you should definitely not miss them. Thank for you. sure. Good one, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> Welcome to the main mystery, gentlemen. Mm. Here we are. We are burning the midnight oil, as Eddie likes to say. We are, we are. getting closer and closer to midnight as the we record hour. this. The witching hour. And I, I kind of like it when we go late sometimes, though. It kind of it changes the ambiance, changes the mood. Gives it a different feel. And My wife has said my muse comes out at night. <laughs> She's like, you're creative, but you're more creative when it gets late. She's sound asleep up there, isn't she? She's dead asleep. Yeah, yeah. She's eight thirty. What we could do is go out to your back deck and look at the wooded area out behind your house. See if there's any yowies out there. Oh, dude, go soak that in. Or gnomes, those, or fairies, or gnomes, or those yeah. woods are squatchy. They, it's very squatchy behind your house. You it's know cool. what? And you only go about twenty steps in, and the whole world changes because there's a creek back there yeah. and everything. Andy's place is the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, scary thing. Uh, I think it was last summer. Maybe I was on my back deck checking out the stars. It was, it was late, maybe yeah. midnight, maybe even later, and dead quiet. And I heard, I, I'll still claim uh, for as long as uh, people listen, that I, I, what I heard was it was something bipedal. It was on two feet. Uh, this is not the main mystery, by the way. We're just we're off the rails now. <laughs> we're off the rails. No, but I heard something walking through the forest on two feet, heavy footprints on two feet, and to the point where I was wondering, like, was somebody scoping out trying to you know, rob a house? I right. hollered out back there, you know, hello, who's there? And the footsteps stopped yeah. for a couple of minutes. And it's dead quiet, and then the footsteps pick up again. I could tell it was heavy, and it was on two feet. It wasn't a deer. It wasn't a bunny. I know what bunnies and squirrels <laughs> sound like back bunny. there. Uh, it was a bunny. Can you imagine a bunny Bigfoot? <laughs> it <was> big feet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Can, can I quick share the most non-paranormal paranormal thing I've seen? <laughs> sure. So, And it's one of those things you see, and your brain has to like stop and go, like, what am I seeing right now? You know. So I was up talking about late witching hour. It was legit like 2.33 in the morning. And I was coming home from work. It was back when I worked some really weird hours. And I was on a street here in town called L Street, if anyone can picture that, you know, L Street. And I'm driving, and I'm the only car on the road. No other cars. And all the lights are flashing, like, you know, yellow or red. You can drive through them. If it's yeah. red, you got to stop. Treat like a stop sign. But I see this figure <laughs> on all fours, like, galloping in the middle of the road. And I'm like, what is that? And for a second, it was like the size of a dog, big dog. But I'm like, that's not a dog. And then I look at it some more, and I'm like, is that a horse? But it wasn't a horse. <laughs> and I slow down to almost, I'm going like, you know, because on that street, it's like 45-ish. I slow down to like a cool 20, you know, just to get a good gander at this thing. And I look at it, and it looks at me, and it's a goat. <laughs> and it's a goat. It's a big goat, too, because there's ranges, you know. It's a big goat. 
and they got creepy pupils, by the way. <laughs> but, but big goat, and it looks at me, and I look back at the goat, and it's got giant udders full of milk, just Swollen swinging, udders. just back and forth. It's in full gallop, brap, 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 and its head's all bobbling around, and it's got a chewed off rope hanging around oh. its neck. And it's in full sprint down the road. Having like, the best day of its life. <laughs> like, it's just having a grand old time. And I'm like, I don't even know who to call. <laughs> Goatbusters. Ah, that's yes. amazing. That was high five worthy. Oh, man. That was perfect. Uh, yeah, I felt so bad. I was so punchy. I was like, I just got to go home. So I went home. I, I mean, like animal control, you can't call them that late because no one's there. <laughs> call 911. Call 911. I see a goat There's on the a road. goat on like, the road. Uh, <laughs> Going it's going to be like Goonies when Chunk calls the police department. He's like, okay, more amazing than the time that Bigfoot captured your whole family. They're not no, gonna... this is real. Eddie snapped. It was so late he was hallucinating. That's what, yeah. So anyway. Mr. Yeah. Foster, go home, please. Please go to sleep, dude. Goat. God. Yeah, funny. Can't make that stuff up, people. Goatbusters. So. So. Main, main mystery, mystery. Actually is. Ooh. So picture this. Close your eyes. Picture Close. this. My eyes are closed. It's dark. Ooh. You're outside. You're minding your own business, walking down the street. You look up to look at the beautiful stars, Ooh. and you see a flying human-like person above your head. What? No observable mode of propulsion. Uh, no it's wings. It's high. It's fast. Maybe there's wings. Maybe there's not. Okay. But it's not a. It's not a plane. It's not a. Not a bird. It's too big to be a bird. It's not a drone. What is it? Not Superman. It's not Superman. Did you know that dating back long, long ago, before there was aircraft, uh, there was a phenomenon, still is a phenomenon, called flying humanoids. Okay. And I was, I was digging deep into the paranormal cellar for this one. I was thinking to myself, what main mystery can I do that people might not be familiar with? That's You're hitting that one. Flying humanoids. So I have a book that we jokingly refer to as our Bible. It's a big book. It's a big book. Uh, it's by Jerome Clark, and it's called Unexplained. Uh, and it's kind of the just a hodgepodge of everything paranormal, cryptid, metaphysical you can possibly think of. And, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a chapter on flying humanoids, and I, I'm just going to kind of read a couple stories here, and we'll we'll discuss. So, when a mysterious object passed over Mount Vernon, Illinois, on the evening of April 14, 1897... 100 citizens, including Mayor B.C. Wells, saw something that, as the press accounts had it, quote, resembled the body of a huge man swimming through the air with an electric light on his back. So apparently reports of flying, uh, flying beings of human or generally human appearance are among the more rare anomalous phenomena, but they do occur periodically. A winged human form uh, was actually observed over Brooklyn on September 18, 1877. And that was according to W.H. Smith in the New York Sun, and that was on September 21st. So almost exactly three years later, the New York Times uh, on September 12, 1880, uh, remarked on reports from Coney Island of, quote, a man with bat wings and improved frog's legs at least a thousand feet in the air flying towards the New Jersey coast with a cruel and determined expression on his face. In a 1947 book, uh, Russian writer W.K. Arsenev uh, 
recounted this July 11th, 1908 experience in the Sukhot Mountains uh, near Vladivostok. Well, I'm proud I nailed that on the first well try. Well done, sir. Wow. <laughs> Vladivostok in the far eastern region of what would be the USSR. So here's this account from 1947. The rain stopped, the temperature of the air remained low, and the mist appeared over the water. It was then that I saw the mark on the path that was very similar to a man's footprint. My dog, Alpha, bristled up, snarled, and then something rushed about nearby, trampling among the bushes. However, it didn't go away, but stopped nearby, standing rock still. As we had been standing like that for some minutes, and then I stooped, picked up a stone, and threw it towards the unknown animal. And then something happened that was quite unexpected. I heard the beating of wings. Something large and dark emerged from the fog and flew over the river. A moment later, it disappeared in the dense mist. My dog, badly frightened, uh, pressed itself to my feet. These useless dogs, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you good for, buddy? Come on. I know, right? After supper, I told the uh, Udehi men about this incident, and they broke into a vivid story about a man who could fly in the air. Hunters often saw his tracks, tracks that appeared suddenly and vanished suddenly in such a way that they could only be possible if the man uh, alighted on the ground, then took off again into the air. So we're almost getting like Jersey Devil-esque here with with a creature that, you know, might be on two feet some of the time, might fly some of the time. Uh, You know, thinking back to some of our Jersey Devil cases that we've discussed in the past, a creature who could land on rooftops and leave hoof prints on rooftops and then keep going on the other side. But these are so people, though. These are like, people. These are humans. Human-like. Humanoid-looking. I want to go back to the, the... I think it was the very first one that you talked about. When was that? 18... Yeah, 1897. <clears throat> 1897. Okay. People saw a dude in the sky flying around with a light on him, right? Right. So 1897, the flashlight wasn't invented till like, 1899. Sure. So, okay. right. I mean, that, so that's that's weird in itself that right. there, there's a the portable technology. light right. in the sky. You can rule out jetpack. You can rule out drone. You can rule out uh, airplane. Airplane. Really? Uh, you know, it was kind of creepy too the way that th- that they list that account. That I mean, the the person was you know flying quite a ways in the air, but it was flying with a cruel and determined expression. Cruel on his face. and determined yeah. look. <laughs> That, it just gives you it's the willies. So weird. That's I, interesting. I, I don't know. And, you know, accounts, they, they just go on and on. You guys want to hear another one? Sure. Yeah, please. So uh, four Silver City, New Mexico children playing in a yard at twilight of a summer day in 1938 uh, witnessed a bizarre sight. And as one of the observers uh, recalled it in 1980, this is what happened. We all saw him. He was dressed in all gray and even seemed gray. He was drifting or floating at treetop level. The thing I remember most about him was that he seemed to be wearing a belt which was wide and had points sticking out of it. And he also seemed to be wearing a cap uh, a la Flash Gordon. (laughs) So he drifted across the sky above us and we all stood and stared speechless. It did not occur to us to question this phenomena. As children, we just accepted it. About 15 years ago, I was telling my husband about it, and when I did, I questioned myself, thinking perhaps I had a dream or something. 
But just in case, I called my brother. By now, I was about 35, and he was about 32. I prefaced my conversation by telling him that I had a strange story to tell and that perhaps it, it had all been a dream, but that I thought that uh, in about 1938, I had seen a man uh, fly over our heads, and he stopped me and he said it wasn't a dream. And he, he went on to describe everything as I had described it here, including the belt and the cape. So, again, he's, he's seen the same thing. He saw the exact same thing in 1938. So, in 1980, I mean, they're, you know, yeah, they're fully grown adults. But how's that for, you know, corroborating the story? I mean, it's not imagination. It's not a shared hallucination. There's something flying. No possible uh, explanation. I mean, kinda you're really re- grasping here. Kind of reminds me of the Rocketeer. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's like a combination of Rocketeer and Superman and Flash Gordon and all the above. But, you know, it's so weird. You you see, um, like, especially back in, in the 70s and 80s, you, and even as recently as, like, the 90s at the Super Bowl, there was somebody with a jetpack that yeah. was flying around the stadium. Yeah. And back in the 70s, there were TV shows, and they had people flying around on those jetpacks. <clears throat> And a, that was such an odd thing to see, like a human flying around in the sky. Right. We're talking about the 1800s here, and they're sure. seeing that. That's that's got to be. That's got to be so hard to believe, even when, you know, we, we're familiar with airplanes and things. You know, that and they they didn't even have that technology back then. I just, yeah, my brain is just like flopping all over itself trying to like wrap my head around this. Like I feel like I still feel like so much of this stuff, and this sounds like a, such a simple solution to this but i feel like a lot of this stuff is time traveling i really do i mean at this point this is such a i mean you could say like ludicrous phenomenon like you have to factor in even the most uh you know far-fetched theories like why why not time travel i don't can't make sense of it any other way right there's a youtube channel uh, video and this is where you have to take some of the stuff with a grain of salt you go down that youtube rabbit hole man i'll tell you what you gotta be careful yeah. but there's a report and this is fairly new where this couple was going for a walk in this like public park but it was kind of a forested area they were kind of like you know how you like to get off the beaten path and kind of just kind of explore a little bit and they were doing that and their dog even kind of ran ahead of them a little bit and was like barking. And then they turned like around a bend in a small clearing. They saw like what appeared to be like a, um, a young ish woman with like a younger child. They've assumed it was a mom and their kid and her kid, but they both looked kind of like taken aback that they found, like they came across them. And as soon as they kind of like came into full view, both of them flew away. Flew they, away. They just took off huh. into like, the air, like Bat Boy and his mom, just yeah, up, up and away. Yeah, they were just wow. like standing there, and they just flew away. It was a family of moth nice. people. They moth weren't, but but no wings. They just kind of Insane. floated away, like <laughs> Mary Poppins. Yeah, like Mary Poppins style. <laughs> yeah, how do you explain that? I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's. At at that point in time, skeptics would almost be looking to discredit the eyewitnesses rather than explain... You're lying or you're crazy or something. something. Yeah. I mean, because it's almost easier than explaining how that's physically possible to just fly up into the air. Yeah. I mean... I did in that scary movie. What was that one scary movie that... Not the others, but it was... Uh, oh. Yeah, these people, they just fly up into, uh, fly up into ah, the sky. The Lost Boys? I don't know Didn't what it they was. fly? In the... They flew. They had the vampires. They were vampires. Like, they kind of yeah. did that weird kind of like standing up flying. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I that just my brain is like trying. So I mean, but the idea is that some of these people had wings, some didn't have wings. Some have wings, some don't. Here's here's a little bit more recent one. And Uh-oh. now I will say, uh, this one took place in 1969, August. So we're talking like a month after uh, we landed on the moon. So maybe there was a little bit of uh, hysteria, hysteria, astronaut fever. But uh, I'm re- again reading from the book called Unexplained by Jerome Clark. Another tale of a flying humanoid came to ufologist Don Worley uh, from Earl Morrison, who served it with the first national, excuse me, the first Marine Division in Vietnam, while stationed near Da Nang, Da Nang, Da Nang, Da Nang. In August 1969, he and two other uh, guards reportedly saw an extraordinary sight just after one o'clock in the morning. They were sitting atop a bunker and talking when they noticed something approaching them in the sky. And Morrison told Worley, quote, We saw what looked like wings, like a bat's, only it was gigantic compared to what uh, a regular bat would be. After it got close enough so we could see what it was, it looked like a woman, a naked woman, and she was black. Her skin was black, her body was black, the wings were black, everything was black. But it glowed. It glowed in the night, a kind of greenish cast to it. Huh. She started going over uh, over us, and we still didn't hear anything. Uh, she was right above us, and then she got over the top of our heads, and she was maybe six or seven feet up. So she's close, man. Wow. And we watched her go straight over the top of us, and still she didn't make any noise flapping her wings. She blotted out the moon once. That's how close she was for us. Uh, and dark uh, looked like pitch black then, but we could still define her because she just glowed, real bright like. And she started going past us straight towards our encampment. And as we watched her, she had got about ten feet or so away from us, and we started hearing her wings flap. And it Ugh. sounded, you know, like regular wings flapping. And she just started flying off, and we watched her for quite a while. And Morrison thought the covering on her skin was more like fur than feathers. Mm. Uh, quote, the skin on her wings looked like it was molded uh, onto her hands, he said, and the movement of her arms suggested they had no bones in them. Wow. See? Mic drop there. What do you do with that? That's a head scratcher. Well, especially, you know, they're an army group. You would think, I'm surprised they didn't try shooting yeah, at her really. or something. Yeah, really. I just I look at these stories and it's like something like you got to think about it in the framework of like there's so there's always something you could lose right so it's like if this person is, is like I'm gonna think people are gonna think I'm crazy but I have to tell tell this that's bonkers like how do you I mean you're you're looking at that point about your military buddies discrediting yeah. you they had nothing to gain everything to lose. And that just shows you how fantastical the experience was. They were, you know, quite literally gambling with their reputation. They're like, "This is eating me up. I have to, I have to share this with somebody." But if, if anything, it points to the fact. I mean, that one especially is that there's probably are extraterrestrials living amongst us. You know, there, there's so many things out there that we can't fully explain, and and we've said this a hundred times on the show before. But that's what keeps us doing the show. We will yeah. never yeah. run out of material. Yeah. And that one's straight from the junk drawer. That's from the miscellaneous <laughs> junk drawer. Yeah. Cryptids, That's a good one. I'm digging deep. That's back there by the duct tape and, yeah. the, and the, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's back there, man. The mints that have lint on it. You're like, uh, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> um, 
so there you have it. There's your main mystery. I hope it was a savory one for you. And, and uh, you know, if anything from uh, this story, uh, be sure to look up at night. You know, yeah, look a, up. Look yeah. up. That's one thing people don't do. So many people, you know, they spend their time, they look at the ground when they're walking. Uh-huh. And, look uh, up. Don't take the time to just look up, look at the stars. Yeah. Look for flying dog bowls, you know, if you're <laughs> in Australia. For, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we really wanna, look yeah. out. Look out. Look out yeah. for, you know, elevators being dropped on you from Disney rides. <laughs> the uh, We took a class for UAV stuff uh, for my work, and one of the classic things that the UAV instructor talks so about. So what's UAV? Um, sorry, unmanned aerial vehicle or drones. Nice. If you um, was he goes, people don't look up anymore. People yep. don't look up. They're looking at their cell phones. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. so start looking up. You never know what you'll what you'll see. Hey, thank you for listening today, and also uh, thanks for uh, following us and subscribing and and commenting on our uh, all our social media outlets. We're on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. All that fun stuff. All the fun. So uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, uh, we'd appreciate it if you did. If you'd leave some comments, if you enjoy it, have any questions or comments, we always appreciate those. Now, I tell you what, we're we're not just podcast creators. We're podcast enthusiasts. So I know, I mean, for me, I, I literally, every night of the week, I fall asleep listening to other paranormal and mystery podcasts. Yeah, there's some good ones out there. You know, and I, and I tell my friends about it. I tell my friends and family about the other ones that I listen to. So mm-hmm. in a world of social media, it's kind of crazy still how word of mouth is the best yeah. way to spread. So if you... If you enjoy our show, tell a friend, tell a family member, show them how easy it is to listen to podcasts on your smartphone. A lot of people are are blown away when they discover, oh my gosh, it's free. Oh my gosh, it's at the click of a button. There's an yeah. app you know, yeah. I can download right now. So yeah, yeah share. It'll give you a good conversation starters with your buddies. Yeah. Uh, and also a special thank you to uh, um, freesound.org for our sound effects and all that. And also, uh, please check for our Patreon, which there should be some links for that available, uh, either ready now or coming soon. And uh, get on the bus, get on the cryptid bus, and join the uh, groups, the groupies of paranormal dads. <laughs> <laughs> Fun groupies, not crazy ones. And uh, yeah, get ready to get more content and more material from us, and stay tuned for updates on that. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Here we cryptid go, guys. Bus. That was that was a fun one. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, have a great night. Thank you, guys. You guys take care. See ya. <laughs> that was cool. My water bottle sounded like a Yeti call. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Hip thrust. <laughs> Get it. Did you hear my water bottle sound like a Yeti call? I did. It was like... It was awesome. Let me see if I can duplicate it. Do it. <laughs> no, didn't do it at all. No, I'm just making out with my water bottle at this point in time. <laughs> kissy, kissy. Welcome to episode 40 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host. <laughs> what happened? I'm sorry. Fat <laughs> lost it. I'm sorry. Too much chocolate. It's going straight to my medulla oblongata. Yeah. That's a bad place. Sorry. Eddie froze. <laughs> Eddie froze. I didn't know who was going. Who's on first? I, 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 I kind of froze up, so I just pointed to you. I know, and I looked at you. <laughs> and you're like, what? What? Working with, working with two morons here. <laughs> yeah, I love you guys. Me too, Andy. All right.